0: Now, the form of good that we've been talking about specifically this month has been around finances. You know, I mean, in here, in our form, our corporeal form, in our form, uh, in these spiritual beings having this human experience in these earth suits that we're in. that's, you know, we, we relate to our good in various forms. And we've been talking about this month about finances, which can be for many a source of immense joy when we have it. And when we don't have it, <laughs> it can be some suffering and struggle. That can be an experience. And this month, each week, we've been exploring ways that we can bring wonder, our consciousness, to the area of finances, of flow, of abundance so that it becomes full of wonder, so that it becomes wonderful, rather than struggle. We bring our attention to what is here, what is here right now, and it allows us to to see that there is flow, and it empowers us to, to bring our consciousness, because when we bring awareness to a point, it's in that moment and in that point that we have the power to choose choice opens up to us or at least at least the opportunity to want to see it differently. We may have to do some wrangling within ourselves in order to actually maybe make a new choice. you know, putting down the you know past traumas and hurts and beliefs and stuff, but at least oh <laughs> I'm, I'm aware now, I'm aware. there's a new, there's a different way of looking at this. Am I ready for it? Because, you know, we've all been domesticated around money. We've been domesticated by the beliefs of those who loved us and maybe those who really didn't care about us but just really thought that we should know how the world works. (laughs) We've been taught lessons like, you know, money can be bad or evil or it's not spiritual. How many of you got that message? Money's not spiritual because, you know, poverty, Poverty and suffering is a virtue, some would say, which can cause us to carry judgment, even shame, and guilt around money. We're taught not to talk about it. You know, I've said this a few weeks ago, but people would sooner and more quickly talk about their sex lives than to talk about how much they earn. You know, don't ask somebody how much they earn. It's like poking them in the eye. What do you mean? That's private. Like we don't earn, like we don't have incomes, you know? Like what you earn says something about you. You see the messages? We've got these messages. If we have lots of it, we are told, you know, either, you know, either flaunt it or hide it. If we have little of it, we can also flaunt that. <laughs> you know, talking about poverty, you know, our poverty can make, can make us seem like good people. <laughs> That's another message. For many, money is an epicenter of the belief that I shouldn't have what I really want. It can bring that up for people. I don't have it, so therefore, I shouldn't shouldn't want it, I can't have it. And while we may love money or hate it, (laughs) while we might want it, or maybe, you know, want it secretly, we can also be confused about it. And as we get our thinking straight around it, though, it starts to straighten out for us. This is why we talk about these things. This is why we're talking about these things. You know, not every center, I'm, I'm going to use the word church in this instance, for those who there are Many, we believe, I was reading Dr. Holmes, our founder, I was reading from the Science of Mind this week, and he was talking about that we believe in everything that works. We believe in everything that works. We believe in God. We so of course we believe in every. And so to, today on Sunday there are down this, sh- on, on the street of St. Mark's right here, and and what and up the uh, what else, what other churches do we have on the street here? Woodbury. Woodbury. Do we have any others? But there are right. I mean, We have even just with just within. Um, I wouldn't say walking distance, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we have close to there are people who are coming together online and all over the world who are coming together and celebrating their belief in God, maybe different in the way that we approach it, but you know what? It brings them peace. We believe in peace. We believe in contemplation. We believe in spiritual practices. So we believe in everything that works. And so by bringing our consciousness to what it is that we believe then allows us to, and opens us up to have a new belief. And today we're talking about, you know, enjoying our slice of pie. (laughs) As we go through this, you may figure out how this that works together. But, you know, because often when money's talked about, the pie is discussed. I don't know why. (laughs) I do like pie. Anyone like pie? Mmm. yeah, this is, tis the season. But the metaphor of pie is used many times. And I'm not talking about three point, you know, whatever that number is. You know, I'm not talking about the number. I'm talking about the food. Because there are many who believe that we live in a zero-sum universe. an economic zero-sum. What does that mean? There's only so many pieces of pie, they will tell you. There's only so many pieces of pie. So in order for you to have pie, someone else might do without. We don't believe that. That is not true. It is not true and it doesn't even bear out in our world. You know, there is more money floating around today than there was 20 years ago. More than 10 years ago. More than five years ago.
1: The economy is bigger and it continues to expand and
0: grow. And if it was zero sum, then we would still be dealing with the same piece of the pie that our ancestors would do, because there's only so much. No, as we grow, as we expand, as consciousness grows, expand, as, as we open to new ideas and new possibilities, there's expansion all around. The good continues to expand and grow. The zero sum belief is that in order for some to win, others must lose. It's all or nothing. Black or white. And these are ideas that can, that we, that people often apply to money, to their finances. And these are limited beliefs and they are error. Wrong. You know, Dr. Holmes offered a meditation and affirmation. I shared this last week in a declaration, I would say, you know, and I love this and, and I have been reading it throughout this week. But Dr. Holmes writes, I always, you know, say this with me, share this with me. I always have an abundance of money and an abundance of whatever it takes to make life happy and opulent There is a continuous movement toward me of supply, of money, of all that I need to express the fullest life, happiness, and action. Mm, So it is. You know, to support us in in examining our thoughts throughout the week, I've I've referred to this book, Five Gifts for an Abundant Life, and Diane Harmony, she offers GIFTS, she offers these practices that, that can support us in bringing wonder to our finances. Time for the review. The G in gifts was what? Gratitude. By practicing gratitude, when we pay attention to the flow that exists, I would say even to the, the pie that is in front of us, our life that is here, our piece of pie. When we bring our attention to the flow that exists in the moment, guess what we become convinced of? We become convinced that there is flow. Isn't that, that is how gratitude works. When we give our attention to the flow, we become conscious of what? Of the flow. Gratitude is a practice. The second practice from gifts, G-I-F-T-S, was what? I, intention. Intention is the invitation to to practice and to support ourselves with asking the question, what and how am I using the gifts and the life that I've been given? To not just passively let life happen, but to co-create with life, to collaborate with what is here, the flow that is here, and to consciously use it or allow ourselves to be used by it. The F was what? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is when we can realign to our intention, when we can bring our mind, change our, put down one perception for another, giving one for another. You, you may notice I do this all the time. It's just, it's just the way it's anchored in my body. Putting down one for another that I am powerless, that I am poor, that there's not enough. That one life, that one power, that one presence, that's not how it knows me. That's not what life's thoughts are about me. And so through forgiveness, forgiving myself, forgiving others who I feel that have wronged me or, or or that I believe that they have taken something from me, putting that perception down for the truth. I'm still as God made me. I am perfect, whole, and complete. We talked last week about the practice of, T? Tithing. Tithing. And I shared with you tithing as a practice of systematic giving to because many times when people feel cut off, when they feel tight, when they feel scarcity, then they, there's a belief operating that I don't have it to give. There's not enough. And through systematic giving and tithing as a practice, not as a tax, not as an obligation, not as something to beat ourselves up over, but just as the practice of giving a systematic amount, saying, you know what, I am giving this. It is through, rather than giving to source, giving systematically as source. How's that? Because life is flowing through me, I do have it to give, and I choose to give. Giving as source. Systematic giving is a practice of being an open channel for abundance to flow through you. And here, you know, the rest of our time this morning, I want to talk about the last of GIFTS. I want to talk about the S, which is surrender. Well, first, when people hear the word surrender, it can it can raise flags. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about white flags. But it's just like surrender sometimes can feel like giving up. And you know, just like around forgiveness, it is very close to forgiveness. Putting down one idea for another, putting down something that doesn't serve us an attitude or belief. There's something not enough to go around. I better get mine or, or someone else is going to get it. For some people, when they hear the word surrender, they shudder because they, it makes them feel powerless. I mean, even in Webster's Dictionary, one of the definitions of surrender is this. Listen to this. Give oneself up to another's power or control. Oh, let's get a higher thought around that. Give oneself up to surrender. Hmm. You know, common synonyms in the dictionary. I do like looking up words, because sometimes I pretend to know what they mean. (laughs) But some synonyms relinquish, yield, submit, resign. You know, these are all words that that have an energy of defeat to to them, right? Powerlessness. These descriptions that come to most of us when asked, you know what does surrender mean? You, it's means of resignation, giving up. I don't care anymore. You win, I lose. And that's not how I want us to, to think about surrender. Because what surrender is not? Surrender is not that flag flying on the field. Even though that the picture that comes to my mind is a flying a flag. Of, putting up the, that the war is over. And here we are, we're either there to be captured or killed. Do you know Marianne Williamson, who I love, she says around surrender, the moment of surrender is not when life is over, it's when it begins. It's not when life is over, it's when life begins. A new life, the life Different than the one we just had up to that moment. The teacher, Muji, he says, surrender is not a weakness. And that is something that people think of at times as surrender being weak. He says, surrender is not a weakness, it is a strength. It takes tremendous strength to surrender life to the supreme, Mm -hmm. to the cosmic unfolding. And I started here this morning talking about that there is one life, one power, one presence, one intelligence that made us of itself. And it is seeking its own good. It is demonstrating its good. And it's doing it through us. And surrender, think of it this way, surrender, not as giving up, but really surrendering that there is something larger that is seeking to be demonstrated in the world by means of us. And surrender is giving up this idea Putting it down to, to, oh, is there something larger, possible, and open to me? It doesn't mean worry and fear. It means trusting in the process. And that takes strength to do that. It takes practice to do that, to trust the process. You know, when Kevin and I were moving here back in 2018, You know, there was a lot of moving parts for us. To move from Colorado to Rhode Island and didn't even know if I was coming here. (sighs) Thank you for voting. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for voting and saying yes and bringing us here. You are just an aside, early voting is open. As a center for spiritual living, as spiritual beings having a physical experience, what are we demonstrating in the world? We, it's up to us to be the change. And part of our responsibility, our ability to respond, is to take action. And one of those is, in our our, our system of government, is to vote. So go vote. Mm-hmm. Surrender is an act of yielding, yielding, rather than opposing the flow of life. You know, and a yield doesn't mean that you stop, doesn't mean that you give up. I, on the way here, on the, I mean, I had to yield a few times, especially when this um, state police turned on the lights and I was, oh. and it was like, oh, not me, I'm just getting out of the way. I had to yield, I yielded. <laughs> Surrender is to relinquish an inner resistance. Do you get that? You know, if we talk about flow and we want to experience flow, how can we experience it if we're continuing to hold on to resistance? Do you feel that? Mm -hmm. Mm, I'm not ready yet. Mm Surrender is an inner phenomenon. It doesn't mean, though, that on the outer level that we don't take action. What we do is we do what is ours to do, and then we leave the rest to the universe, to God, the source, who is working it out. Mm -hmm. Now, we come to surrender in various ways. When things fall apart, that's one way that that sometimes we may surrender. When there is crisis, you know, when the building goes up in flames, we have no choice. It's time to go. When there is nothing more that we can do <laughs> and it's falling apart, it is time to go. That's one way that we can, might be called, called to surrender. Another time that people surrender is when we're not in control. When it's really, we're really not in control. You know, we had this happen on our trip a couple times. Kevin and I just got back from vacation a couple weeks ago. Was it over two weeks ago three weeks ago oh my time flies but yeah we were on vacation and and you know when Kevin and I travel and this was the travel our vacation was a little different because of my back and injury and I I needed a lot of support I needed a lot of support but when we travel we're usually pretty strategic in our trips we we I mean we we travel well together, we travel well together, you know, and we, when we are going on excursions or on tours, we arrive early, you know, we are, we're, we're that, we're that couple, you know, we're there, we're waiting for everyone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're not judging the last ones that show up and, and and are late, okay, maybe just a little, maybe just a little judgment. Um, You know, we don't want to be those, but you know, we want to get a good seat. You know, we want to get a good seat. We want to be close. We want to hear and all of that. And at the end of our cruise, at the very end of the cruise, we were disembarking in Southampton, England. That's right, Southampton, that's right. See, I was paying attention. And, um, And I needed wheelchair assistance. And so I wasn't entirely in control of how I was getting off the ship. And we had 7.30, they called us, and it was like, okay, we're ready, we're ready to get off the ship because at 8.30, our transport to London is leaving. So we've got an hour to get off. Now, this was private transport. We didn't book it through the cruise line. And it was just like, we worked it out ourselves, our own transportation, and they were leaving at 8.30. And they didn't care whether we were, you know, it's just like they were there with a sign and show up or be left. And we're sit- I'm sitting in this wheelchair waiting for them to call us so we can go through passport control and then to go through the cruise terminal to find our bags and then to find our bus. 7.45, The bus is leaving at eight thirty. Eight o'clock. Kevin's getting antsy. I'm getting antsy. But what can we do? The bus can leave, that's what we we could we can be sitting here without the bus. 815. Bus is leaving at 8.30. They call us. And we're, Kevin's like, come on, we need to hurry it up. We gotta we got got go, we gotta go. And then the guy the, on the, the cruise sees one of them, and I'm just talking. Oh, thank you. I'm so grateful. You're my angel. And But just like, there's a line. He's taking us to a line. There's a line. Oh, the line looks like it's going out the door. 8.20. Kevin goes, we have to catch a bus, and they, boom, 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 boom. There's our bags, there's this. They hand us off to another driver, you know, a driver for me. 828, we're looking, we're looking, and then there's someone standing with the sign that says International Friends, and Kevin goes, we're here, we're here, we're here. And the guy looks at his watch and he goes, well, it's 8.28, you're still early. <laughs> now he saw that I was in a wheelchair and he said, no, I just need to let you know that, that everyone has already boarded the bus. Are you able to walk? Because you may have to find seats at the back of the bus. And I'm just, oh, I'm just thankful to be there. And we get on the bus. And wouldn't you know, the last two seats were just three rows back to the, on the right, right up front. And just in the perfect spot, I mean, we couldn't have picked, but I mean, these are the seats that I would have picked. You know, because you don't want to be at the bar on the bus, you know, because in case you take pictures, you want the window, you know, you want the window in front of you. I have, you know, we have sort of standard or things that we need to do. That we couldn't ask for better seats. You know what we had to do? We had to surrender. And it worked out just fine. But there's another way that we can surrender too. So we can surrender when things fall apart. We can surrender when things are out of our control. But we can also surrender by choice. And that is the point this morning is to surrender by choice. Because when we know that the source of all good is our source, when we know that we are one with that source, when we know and trust, and this is why we come together on Sundays to remind ourselves of this, to make it part of our consciousness again. This is why we take classes. This is why we do our spiritual practices is so that we can remember that there is something greater in us greater in us, larger than us, larger than the world that is working it out. The universe is never depleted. It doesn't withhold. It doesn't punish. And it is here ready to do its work through us if we allow it, but we have to yield to it, put down our ideas of, oh, I'm not ready. Or, This doesn't look good to me. This doesn't feel good. I have to get off this Ship, now, how can we expect to be in the flow when we're holding on to struggle? The deep that is calling to the deep that is within us. The deep that's calling to the deep that is within us. It's inviting us to push off from the shore, to surrender to the flow. You know, Rumi said, try something different. Surrender. You know, I went by Kevin to come play a little music here. We have a choice to surrender. We can choose to surrender. We don't have to wait till things get too bad or things get out of our control. So I want to invite you here just for the last, for just a couple minutes. This is how we're going to close this morning. I want to invite you to close your eyes. So we take a little journey within Invite you to take a breath, just breathing into your heart. And just take you on just a little journey to support you in surrendering. And you might not be ready right now to surrender certain things, but just follow along. And you can do this always on your own. But imagine that you're standing on the shore of the ocean. And as you look out, the ocean is calm. And the waves are just rolling into the shore. You know, feel the breeze on your face. You hear the ocean. Oh, there's some gulls, there's some birds crying out. Oh, and the smell. Just take a breath, breathe that in. The salt the ocean. It's immense and powerful. And as we stand here on this this beach, right in front of the ocean, we allow our hearts to expand. And we just drop into our hearts that gratitude. Using our intention to, oh, I am one with life and I choose to Yield and cooperate with that, And with forgiveness, I put down any ideas that, that don't support me. And I choose to give, to give up my time, my talent, my treasure. As I drop further into my heart. I look into my being and I scan all the parts of me, all the parts that are so grateful and I also notice parts within me that maybe have been struggling. Maybe I've been efforting or working so hard, trying to make things happen in my life, more flow, there's not enough. There's parts of me that that believe that there's not enough and those parts have been Rubik's cubing. Trying to figure it out. Feeling frustrated. And there have been parts of me that are banging its head up against the wall. How do I get more good? And with this larger part of us that's so grateful, we... we invite all of these parts of us that have been struggling to surrender. To surrender to a larger idea. To surrender to a possibility. Maybe we don't know the answer. And this isn't just about money. But think, are there any projects or goals that you've been working on? Areas of your life that maybe... It felt fruitless, <laughs> why do we keep doing this? And it doesn't even have to be about our own struggle. Maybe as we look out to the world, we can look out and see that there is so much strife. What are we to do? What's ours to create a better world? Can we we be willing to surrender the political strife, the inequities, the injustices to a higher idea? Feelings that it's always gonna be this way. We invite those parts to surrender to that one life, something larger. Just take a breath. Just breathe. There's something larger in us. There's infinite mind in us that knows what to do, that knows how to satisfy all of these parts, to satisfy all of these. In fact, it's already done. And as we're standing there in front of this majestic ocean, I want you to notice in your hand now And over you, you're holding balloons. Look up and just in your hand, you're holding, it may be one balloon, it may be a whole bouquet of balloons and each one of these are those struggles, that efforting, the not-enoughness. What we were willing to surrender And with the next exhale, I invite you to let those balloons go. And in your mind's eye and in your heart, just notice all of those thoughts, those paradigms, those past limiting beliefs and ideas, the Rubik's Cubing, Is floating up, and the sky receives it
1: and accepts it. And our hands are empty,
0: our heart is open and ready to receive a new idea, to recognize that right here in front of us is the pie that we've been looking for, (laughs) and it's good. I invite you to know this with me, I've done all I can do. I surrender to abundance in every form. I surrender my fear, I surrender to love. I surrender to the miracle of my life. Just breathing in again. And each week we've been closing with an affirmation. And our affirmation this week is gonna be that song that we sang before we started. And the words are on the screen, so I invite you to affirm this and know this with me as we sing along.
1: step I take is taken in pure faith.